exit strategy is a nice long-term thing, but you do have to think about the beginning, but don't think about how you're going to spend your millions when you cash out now. Just think about the structure of what would happen in the future. So when you get to that point and you get your millions down the road. Welcome to Conversations on Startups, a podcast brought to you by Douglas Ross, author of the book Spark Click Go, How to Bring Your Creative Business Idea to Life, and Glenn Seward of Today's Great Idea, a radio series featuring over 300 origin stories of businesses, brands, and inventions that have changed the culture. Welcome to today's conversation. Welcome to another episode of Conversations on Startups with Doug and Glenn. I'm Doug Ross author of Spark, Click, Go, experienced uh, corporate guy, entrepreneur, working with a startup right now, help people to uh, move their startup forward. And I'm joined here with my friend, Glenn. How are you doing, Glenn? I'm doing great, Doug. As you know, I'm Glenn Seward from Today's Great Idea in Canada, and we focus on helping people start great ideas, taking great ideas and turning them into something special. Today, I think, Doug, we're going to talk about exit strategies. And they're a big issue that people don't really think about until it actually happens. <laughs> they have an offer on the table and they've come like, oh, maybe that's what we should do. The best time probably is to, to think about exit strategies at the beginning. So at least you have a, an idea of when something comes along, whether you want to do it or not. Yeah, I think that is a good idea to do. I see some people do it. I know some people get upset about this too, or a little bit put off. You're starting your business and you're already thinking of an exit. So there's a philosophical piece to do with this. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, Does it bother you in any way? Or can you see the arguments? I see the arguments the whole way. If you want to create something that's going to last forever, to some degree, it's going to probably outlast you as an owner. So you want to structure it as best you can so that it's handled right at the beginning. Things don't always work out, but you got to think about what you want to do. Do you want to sell it to a third party? Do you want to keep it forever? Those things should be part of the plan because it'll impact how you structure the business at the beginning and where you spend your efforts. That's my feeling. You? I agree. I think it does make sense to think about it. I've seen it as well in pitch decks where some companies will talk about it right up front and they use it as a lure, I guess I would say, to potential investors. This is our possible exit strategy. We've identified similar companies to ours and they exited at X amount of money after Y amount of time. And they maybe even have identified some potential buyers as well. So I have seen it used in that fashion. So I I do see it as a positive thing. Just before we go too far here, Glenn, one of the things we try and do is define what we mean by exits. What kind of exits are we talking about? What are the options? Oh, that's really good. It's an obvious question, isn't it? You're listening to Conversations on Startups with Doug and Glenn. Thanks for joining us. Let's get back to the show. To me, an exit is you're the founder or the person really serious in the business and to leave the business. Or how are you on behalf of the investors going to leave the business at some point down the road? 
that could be 100 years or 50 years from now. Uh, it doesn't have to be tomorrow. But you have to understand where you're going uh, and whether you want to sell your baby <laughs> to somebody else or not. That's what I think. Well, yeah, no, I agree with that. I just think there are some classical types of exits that we should lay out for our listeners. So you do have that acquisition, which could be from a, another company, a strategic, some people call them, or it could be yep. a private equity group that might acquire your company. So that's one way to exit. Another classical way would be to go public to do all the work you need to do to list yourself on an exchange and bring in public investors. And of course, there are innovations on that that we see now, including special acquisition companies or SPACs that are designed to acquire companies. And there's one that we don't talk about maybe so much now, but you and I, I'm sure we had numerous case studies on this when we were studying this together at business school, but managed or managers buyout, that kind of thing could be an exit. I think those are three of the major ones. Or selling your shares even internally is another way to do it. Buying out your partner. Yep. There's a whole bunch of different factors and you're absolutely right. Understanding the mechanism is critical. And all those ones are the obvious ones. Um, the obvious positive ones, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? The positive right. ones. The one exit strategy, yeah, you had a business is not so good. <laughs> <laughs> We're trying to avoid that. Well, I got a story here to tell you about an interesting exit strategy. It's more, it's more a fun one than anything else, but uh, see if you can guess which company I'm talking about and how the founder exited the business. So okay. this guy named Robert, He's a uh, physician. He's a university professor in Florida, and he's an inventor. And one day, you know, it's a hot, humid day at the university. An athletic coach stopped by and wondered if Robert could help him with a problem. And that is that his players, because it was so hot and humid, couldn't urinate. So Robert got his team together and they figured out what the problem was. And they came up with a, a solution, which they called after himself, Cade's Cola. It tasted awful, but it worked really, really well. The team tried it, and it worked so well that the university team became well-known for being a second-half team in football. It worked incredibly well. By the end of the year, the team won the Orange Bowl. And so Robert knew what he wanted to do, and his idea was to get the university to give the whole formula to the university if they just backed the uh, commercialization of it. And despite all the success, the university said no. So he took his, he got a patent, he, he raised some capital and he started to produce the cola. And then the university realized their big mistake and uh, basically um, worked out a deal with them. So today, Cade's Cola is sold virtually everywhere. And in the process, the university has earned over $200 million in royalties from this drink. Any idea which drink I'm talking about? Well, I can only really think of Gatorade. And that's exactly what it is. And it's called Gatorade because the University of Florida Gators. That's what it was named after. But the exit strategy portion was he did not want to run the business. So he, he sort of got pushed into it because he knew there was some value in this solution that he'd come up with. And then when it was taking off... He really wanted to give back to the University of Florida. And so he made that part of his exit strategy to get make sure that they got a royalty from everything they do. And today, 
Gatorade is now owned by Pepsi, and the University of Florida still makes money from it. That's a great story. I like the give back portion of that. That's a really great example and doing it through royalties. That brings up a question that I don't think people really think about too much. But when you think about exit strategy, it's more than money, isn't it, Doug? Exit strategy is not just about money. It's about a whole bunch of other factors, it seems to me. I think so too. A ton of factors. Giving back is one. How you want to spend your time as an entrepreneur is another one. That story, I think, is a good example of uh, that person didn't want to run a business. What if you're a serial entrepreneur? You may realize, and let's say you're an inventor, but you don't have to be. You just are starting these businesses, getting them going. Maybe that's the sweet spot for you. And so your time is best spent doing that. Therefore, start things, get them going, have an exit, move on, wash, rinse, repeat. Hey, podcast listeners, we're going to take a short break now. If you're enjoying the show, feel free to invite your friends, remember to subscribe, and if you want to help spread the word, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. Each episode of Conversations on Startups focuses on a single topic. If you want to comment on something you've heard on the podcast or suggest a topic for us to cover in a future episode, send an email to go at todaysgreatidea.com or douglas at sparkclickgo.com. Glenn and I appreciate you and hope you find our uncut and unrehearsed stories, perspectives, and tips helpful. Speaking of helpful stuff, let's pick up where we left off. You have to think about these things, I find, ahead of time. If legacy is important to you, as it is to some people, you got to plan for that. If you're going to sell it to an investor or to your employees, that's really important because you have to structure those things right up front. So to me, the question you asked earlier, it's you have to think about your exit strategy at the beginning because investors or others are going to want to know what you're thinking about the long term. Lots of people who want to put money in aren't interested in the long term. They just want to you know, flip it maybe. So they're the wrong investors to have in your business if you want to go long term. It's really important that your, your interests are aligned amongst yourself and your investors. Yeah, totally agree. I was thinking before our call today about who wants these exits and investors. That was the number one group that uh, came up in, in my mind as wanting these things. You just mentioned it. They're maybe not quite speculators. Some of them are, but they just want a quick exit. They need the liquidity. That's where they get their return on their investment and they move on. So I love the thinking, make sure you're aligned with your investors. That makes a lot of sense. Founders are another group that typically want exits. Doesn't mean an exit where they can't have some of those things that you mentioned beyond just the financial. Many of them do, though, just want the financial, and that's fine. It's a great return on investment. We've seen some of these folks take an exit and the proceeds from exits and turn it into something even bigger. Elon Musk would be a perfect example of that with PayPal. And then he sold that and we know what he's done since. So, you know, there are those motivations as well. If I think about it from a founder's point of view, another benefit of having an exit is reputation. So if you've had a successful exit, this now is your calling card for your next venture. And investors will 
crawl over each other to get to serial entrepreneurs with successful exits. Yep. And that's exactly right. People are investing in people. And so they want to know that you've had success. And that's, if you've exited well, that's terrific. They know that you've gone through the process, you know, the challenges, it's a good thing. No, I think this is um, good. Exit strategy is a nice long-term thing, but you do have to think about the beginning, but don't think about how you're going to spend your millions when you cash out now. Just think about the structure of what would happen in the future. So when you get to that point and you get your millions down the road, or you've structured the right way to get those millions the proper way. Yeah, that structure is so important. And one of the aspects of that is what are you giving away as you bring in investors early? How much equity have you given away? That's going to have a big impact on what your takeaway is. Some of these other things that you mentioned, the way you structure at the beginning, how much you water down your your own equity stake, I think that's important. Do you look for an exit in the public markets or do you do something else? I think these are great. The other piece of advice that I think is important here too, if you want to have a successful exit, hopefully we've been covering a lot of these topics over the weeks uh, during these conversations on startups. But another way to position yourself the best you can for a successful exit is to focus on the here and now, your product, your customers, your business model, all of the things that we've talked about in terms of uh, building your business and building something that's going to be valued in the market and sustainable. This will put you in a great position for choosing your exit path or at least having greater influence on your exit path. I would also say on top of that, one thing to consider when you get closer to actually activating your exit strategy is to bring in experienced people to ensure that you are, in fact, doing the right thing at that time. Uh, you mean, you have, are you talking about lawyers here, Glenn? Lawyers and you know other financial consultants to make sure you understand the implications of the exit strategy you're doing. If you go public for sake of argument, that's wonderful, but there's going public brings a whole set of conditions on top of it you may not have thought about. There's taxes, there's trusts, a whole bunch of things you have to think about. So you might be thinking you're going to have some success with that particular exit strategy, but you may not have the experience to realize it may not work quite the way you want it to work. So before you do anything with an exit strategy, yes, come up with something that makes sense, but then talk to people who are experienced about that kind of exit strategy and see if you haven't made a wrong assumption somewhere. No, I think that's a great idea. So the the accountants and the uh, bankers that have done this, the investment bankers, possibly that kind of thing. I think that makes sense. Uh, Being a public company is onerous. Preparing to become a a public company and being a public company is onerous in terms of reporting requirements, as well as time that's necessary and dedicated resources other than just the financial to be a public company. Also to consider in some of these exit strategies, uh, if you're acquired, by somebody, let's call them White Knight Incorporated. So White Knight Incorporated wants to buy your startup because you've had some good traction. They may, as a contingency on the deal, say to you, hey, Glenn, I would like you to stay. And in fact, this deal is contingent upon you staying for three years to manage the growth of this company. Yeah. 
you may not have assumed that when you were selling the company. You're already going to be in Tahiti at that point. So, um, <laughs> yeah, counting your money. That's and, right. So again, making mojitos, making sure the assumptions are all there, and you can live with the right solutions at the end of the day. You're listening to Conversations on Startups with Doug and Glenn. Thanks for joining us. So lots to think about with exit strategy, but the good thing is think about it early on because people are going to want to know what you're thinking. That would be my summary of this. Yeah, you should have an answer to the question, what's your exit strategy? Completely agree. And thinking of our exit strategy, Glenn, as we exit this episode of Conversations on Startups with Doug and That was Glenn. a great pivot. That was a great pivot, Doug. Oh, a great pivot. When we say pivot, what does that mean for the, the listener? So here we're talking about a shift, a significant shift from how you started the business. It could be with respect to your product or service, or it could be which customer group you're going after, that kind of thing. Something significant that you are thinking about doing because plan A is not panning out. It's panning out, but it's not doing as well as something else. And you always should be looking for something else. And um, the story we talked about before is WD-40, where you know Norm, the owner, was basically trying to prevent rust on rockets, invented WD-40. And that's great, but it's a small, limited industrial market. When he realized that the staff were stealing the stuff and taking it home and using it on a whole bunch of hardware and bikes and stuff, that's when he realized that pivoting to a retail model would open up a whole new market. And he did, you know, it's a billion dollar a year company does one thing. So pivoting is understanding an opportunity is there. It's not just a negative. We'll talk about that in much more detail next week. I'm Glenn Seward in Canada. I'm Doug Ross in the United States. We'll see you next time. Conversations on Startups is a production of Glenn Seward and Douglas Ross. We hope you're having fun listening, but mostly that you take action on your business idea. For more inspiration, visit our websites, todaysgreatidea.com and sparkclickgo.com. Another episode of Conversations on Startups will drop soon or is already available to binge. Thanks for joining us and remember to subscribe and invite your friends. See you next time.